In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Welcome back, my friends. Welcome back to uh, another day in paradise. I missed you last week, but I'm back this week. I've been thinking about everybody, and I've been thinking about the world in which I live, the world in which you live. And though I don't have the right to talk about the exact world in which you live, I am trying to empathize. It seems to me, around the world... There is quite a bit of chaos and strife. However, I think that's always been. What I want to talk about is kind of going to be a witch's cauldron of ideas and thoughts that have been swirling around in this reality brouhaha of fundamental flaws in our society. What do I mean by that? Well, on one hand, I look at some headlines and I see people in the streets rioting and fighting for their right to go outside, their rights to be treated like a human being, for their rights to be recognized as human beings, a universal right, a right to some sort of of normalcy, some sort of freedom to take your kid to school or to do something with your family on a weekend. I've seen some videos from my brothers and sisters in the Netherlands today that was just heart-wrenching. The same with Italy, people being pushed back into their homes and pushed back into the stone ages because the people who claim to be in charge do not want to face the final reckoning which is coming their way. You know, I I honestly believe that what we're seeing right now is not an epidemic or a pandemic that we're being told about. We are facing both of those. However, 
COVID is just a cover-up for our world's broken financial system. If you look at some of the hardest-hit places right now, they are the hardest-hit places with... They're they're the most... The places in which are hit the hardest. Like, let's look at Brazil. They have so many natural resources right now. There's been a long-term struggle in Brazil to free up those resources and get those resources into the supply chains of the world. And there's, in fact, there's a fight right now amongst China and the U.S. Everybody knows about, but what people aren't really talking about is the fight for supply chains. So if we think about COVID as a broken down financial system, perhaps a better you know, perhaps a, cha- a side chain would be COVID as an attempt to reassign supply chains to the rest of the world. It's a battle for supply chain dominance. And that means economy. That means resources. That means human resources. That means capital. That means roads. That means infrastructure. And we're not going to move forward until this happens. And everything that you see in front of you is in fact a manifestation of this fight. COVID is an excuse. COVID is an excuse to allow the pharmaceutical companies to test people like guinea pigs. COVID is an excuse to inflate the money supply so that we can break it down and build back a new one. Let me try to give you some more evidence on why I think the way that I think and why that this COVID is in fact a cover for supply chain rediscovery. It seems to me that there are some very... It seems to me that if you're looking for patterns, you're going to find them. And let me know if you think that this is a pattern that I'm making up in my head or this is something that's actually happening. Every country is talking about building back better. Hey, let's build back better. The Prime Minister of Canada, the UK, Joe Biden, everybody, build back better. Build back better. Build back better. Well, inside the phrase build back better, is we must demolish shit, right? Because you can't build something back better unless it's broken. Does that make sense? You can't build anything back unless it's been destroyed. So if you're going to build something back better, it implies that you must break it. And that is what we're seeing now. What we're seeing now is, in fact, this creative destruction. So let me talk about one area of creative destruction that encompasses the supply chains, the economy, and the vaccine. If you listen to the World Economic Forum or the World Health Organization, one thing they have in common amongst many is that The problem with future consumption is the population of people. Not so much the 
dynamics or the population growth in first world countries. More importantly is the population growth in very poor countries. So just pull up a graph of all these third world countries that are rich in resources. Look at a lot of different countries in Africa, Nigeria, Pakistan, um, India, all these semi superpower countries with billions of people. I know, I know, not that third world countries have billions of people, but you understand what I'm saying. The population density is a problem in poor countries with people that don't have access to food, water, and education. And I sometimes think that's by design, right? It's like a form of colonialism. Like if you are a person from a first world country, let's say you're Facebook, you can go into Nigeria or you can go into a third world country and be the de facto government because you have the money, the power, the initiative, and the technology. Not to mention the people there haven't had access to education or a proper education in 30 years. So this is going to be unpopular, but the average IQ of people in sub-Saharan Africa is like 60. Okay, 60. Like, I think they're... What's happening is that all of us have failed to have a real discussion about how the world works for so long. We've just decided to put our heads in the sand and be like, this is, a, this is too difficult of a conversation to have, and so we're not going to have it. And because we've done that, we've allowed things to get so bad, they have to change, right? There's two ways things change. One is through inspiration, and the second is through desperation, right? Either you see something and you decide to pursue it at such a level that you change or things get so bad you have to change and I think we are currently at stage two now if you look at these vaccines coming out be it Moderna Pfizer AstraZeneca these are fucking experimental vaccinations this is the first time, well, it's the first time that it's been so obvious to the world that, hey, you know what, we're just going to test this on people. We're just going to see what happens to them. This is a, a stage two clinical trial on humanity out in the open. It's fascinating and scary and incredibly immoral and incredibly... Interesting at the same time, if that can be. It's like we have just decided to bring back uh, the Nazi Dr. Mangala and just start testing it on people. Anybody who has a background in science understands that if you're going to do a test, like you're going to have maybe, okay, let's take three different substances and let's try them on group A, B, and C. And then we're going to follow these people for a period of a year, a year and a half, and we'll see the results, right? Like it's, it's not that hard to see once you have brushed the scales from your eyes. Look at the AstraZeneca vaccine in Europe. It's just fucking killing people. Of course, I've been reading a lot of Western press. So maybe in Europe, they're talking about the Moderna and the Pfizer killing people, which is accurate. 
all three of these vaccines are having adverse effects in a lot of people. And what I want to say about that is, you know, what what really got me thinking is that my mom and my father are both boomers in their 70s. And both of them could not wait to get the shot. They were like, oh man, I can't wait to get the shot. Once I get the vaccine, I can go outside. Once I get this shot, then I can hug my kid. You know, and, and I just, to me, like I love my parents so much. But to me, it just didn't make any sense. I'm like, dude, how, what the fuck are you talking about? You can do that right now. Why can't you do that now? And they're like, oh, well, you can't go outside. I'm like, yeah, you, you totally can. You just walk outside. No one's going to stop you. Oh, no, it's too dangerous. What the fuck are you talking about? No, it's not. It's not dangerous at all. It's as dangerous as it was six months ago. And it got me thinking, like, why do they think that? And then I started thinking... Well, they're both retired. They sit home and watch TV. And if you watch propaganda all day, there's a good chance you're going to be propagandized, right? It just goes to show how powerful media is. Not to mention if you're a little bit older, you've probably had a few brushes with death. You have may have been in the hospital yourself and you may have come close to death. And so when anybody talks about a deadly virus that can kill you if you have a compromised immune system, you're going to be much more susceptible to that propaganda. And it begs the question, like, clearly, well, this might not be clear to a lot of people, but there's a certain subset of media for each generation. Television is an old medium and it goes out to the boomers. That's where they get all their propaganda from. Gen X and below are probably getting propagandized through social media. I would say that's the majority of it. You know, it's not until you you selectively choose the ideas that are somewhat true that you can begin to understand what's happening. And you should be looking at, you know, if you need to start off on both sides, take the most extreme and listen to both of them and be like, that's bullshit. Nah, that's bullshit. And then you can kind of whittle it down to to find the truths inside the bullshit. Because there's little nuggets of truth in there, right? You just got to gotta kind of pan for the gold in the shitty arguments people make. So, for whatever reason, our governments have decided to attack the weakest people. They've attacked the older generation who are a little bit cognitively impaired or close to death. You know, they have uh, the people in rest homes. They're mandating shots for children. You know, and it makes me think like, okay, if this is what's happening in, this, in the Western countries, if this is what's happening in the Western countries, what the fuck's happening in third world countries? You see, when it comes to supply chains we are going to murder all these people in third world countries we may not and like there's already wars that are murdering people in these third world countries there's already famine there's already these you know these terminator seeds that don't allow farmers to grow food like we are ex- like if you think we are experimenting on our own people 
If you think we're experimenting on the populace in the first world countries, just open up your eyes and look what's happening to the people in the third world countries. Okay, the vaccines are a way to limit fertility. The vaccines are a way. Okay, let me, let me break it down like this. Remember Monsanto, they made these Terminator seeds so that you can only have one plant fucking grow and then the whole thing dies and then you got to buy another seed from Monsanto? That was practice. The Terminator seed genetic plan has now been implemented in the human genome. However, a human genome is not a plant genome. And so the things you're seeing, the quote-unquote side effects of these vaccines are the unknowables. They are the people's body chemistry reacting different to a fucked up set of information being encoded into your body. Okay, and let's, let's talk about fucking side effects for a minute. What the fuck is a side effect? It's not a side effect. It's an effect. If you take a drug that alleviates your headache but has a side effect of diarrhea, don't let that little word get in the way. This drug has an effect of relieving headaches and giving you diarrhea. This drug has an effect of stopping you from coughing but also making you have an aneurysm. This drug has an effect of making you happy, but also an effect of wanting you to kill people. See, there's no side effects. They're all just effects. And if you don't, if you read the label in the terms in which they want you to read the label, like this is a side effect, you will think that this other effect is something that doesn't happen as much as the other effect. But in truth, all the effects are equal. All the effects are equal. Do you understand that? So both of the effects, whether it be diarrhea or wanting to kill people or alleviating a headache, you have an equal chance at all of those. So if so, now that you know, and this is my opinion, now that we're aware of what these RNA vaccines are doing, if they're going in, they're changing your DNA. And they do that by changing your RNA. The RNA is like the messenger gene that goes in and tells your DNA what to make. The pharmaceutical companies have found a way to implant a new business plan for the RNA to tell the DNA what to do. Now, don't get me wrong. There could be potential huge upsides to tell your genes to cure cancer. Maybe. But how do we know what like we are not being given the information that the pharmaceutical companies are implanting in that RNA. You see what I'm saying? They could be telling the RNA, don't let any man have semen. Don't let any woman have fertile eggs. Don't let anyone have a high IQ. Don't let anyone think critically. You know and each one of these vaccines has, each one of these RNA vaccines has a different twist on it. And how do these different vaccines treat different races? I can't speak to what's happening in Europe as, as much as I can as what's happening in the USA. And, and mind you, I'm coming off stories and articles and videos that I've read and listened to. And, and what I think I've extracted from them is, is 
what I think is the truth, or at least is true enough. A lot of these vaccines are going into really poor, really decimated communities where there's super high unemployment, there's really high rates of divorce and abuse and drug use. And these people, they're going to give the shots to first. Now, the argument is that, well, these people need it the most. But what the fuck do you mean by need it the most? Do we need to get rid of these people the most? Is that what's happening? Because a lot of the poorest communities in Western countries are a lot like the poorest countries in the world. You know, I, I think we're moving into a brave new world. And this is where I'm torn. This is where I'm torn. Because like, I, I don't think you or I have the right to just decide to, okay, these people are all dummies. Let's fucking kill them. Let's inject this thing into them so that they can never, let's sterilize this whole population. This country is a bunch of fuck-offs. Let's sterilize all of them. This person works at a warehouse. Let's fucking sterilize him. He's a fucking piece of shit. Oh, this person has a low credit score. Let's sterilize him. Or, you know what? Let's fucking put him in a Uyghur camp so that we can just harvest him for organs. Or, let's put him in a U.S. prison and make him put out fires his whole life and never pay him a dime. You see, one thing you can do if you want to know what's happening in the world is just look at the rhetoric your country says about another country. In the USA, there's all this talk, or in the West, there's a lot of talk about China having these camps for the Uyghur people where they rape the women and they, they use the people for organ harvesting. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. That's fucking crazy. Why would they do that? These fucking people. But guess what? If it's happening in another country, it's happening in, in your country. Look at in America, you don't have any idea how many fuck we have the largest prison population in the world. You think that that's not going on in prisons? Come on, come on. The same things happen in my country. It's happening in China. The same surveillance, the same sort of abuses, and it just seems to me that. It just seems to me that this battle for supply chains, this battle for the economy, is the reason we're shutting things down. If you look at the ECB, look at Europe. Europe failed to come together in a economic and military union. The European Union has failed. And they have no plans. Ever since Brexit, all of a sudden there's COVID. Ever since Donald Trump, COVID. Ever since Le Pen was threatening people, COVID. You see, it's this populist uprising that has caused the governing bodies of the world to come together and say, what the fuck are we going to do now? These people don't want to take... These people are getting tired of us fucking raping them. And they're getting mad. Well, let's just lock everybody in their house. Let's just release a fucking disease. Right? And it's, it's not USA or it's not, it's not 
China or it's not, you know, Britain or Germany. Here's what it is. And this is going to get us back to supply chains. What it is, is that if you took a list of the hundred most powerful entities in the world, you would think they'd be countries, right? Wrong. 51%, 51 of the top 100 most powerful entities are corporations. And so we have this new dynamic where the corporations are like a country within a country protected by another country. Let me give you an example. Let's take Facebook. Facebook makes more money than a lot of other nations. So Facebook technically is an American company. However, they have incorporated Ireland into their adjusted tax scheme. So they're protected from American taxes by Ireland. They're also, Facebook is also protected by the American military in third world countries. Facebook is also implementing its own monetary system in Africa. So, if you just take a step back, you can begin to see the level of complication that supply chains are taking. It used to be that, you know, countries defined the supply chain. It used to be that the the nation state was in charge of its corporations and its corporations were in charge of its employees and while the corporations had a lot of say in how the supply chain worked, the ultimate say was the government because the government had other reasons to negate what's best for the corporations. Well, not anymore. Now the corporations run the show and they probably have for a long time. So supply chains are changing and there's a war for supply chains and corporations like let's just use Facebook. A lot of people, a lot of people in our government hate Facebook, but Facebook is more powerful than the government. So what do you do? If If Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey can censor the president, who's more powerful? Which one is more powerful? So this realignment of supply chains, this great experiment about COVID, this re-engineering the financial institutions around the world is not ending anytime soon. Not by a long shot. I think what you're seeing in the monetary system is in fact a creative destruction of everything. Inflation of assets, inflation of, you know, food, energy, housing, anything tangible, stocks, uh, bonds, real estate. You know, everything's up between 11 and 30%. The U.S. government just printed $1.9 trillion. Like, in it, like, the cracks are getting so big that even the 
person who's had their head deepest and longest in the sand is beginning to ask questions. If my government can print 30% of all dollars ever printed in the last year, why in the fuck do I got to pay any taxes at all? Why don't you just print that? And then you think to yourself, oh, the stimulus packages, it's kind of cool, you get free money. And you go, Jesus Christ, how long have the politicians, how long have the CEOs, how long have the banks been getting fucking free money? And not only do they get free money, but they can make like crazy, you know, 100x leveraged bets against the very people they claim to lead. And when they lose those bets, the Fed just fucking prints more money and bails them out. And this is not just in the USA. This is in Italy. This is in Greece. This is in Germany. This is in Europe. This is everywhere. Like, I don't understand how we as citizens of this world can allow these people in suits to continue to rape our children and our grandparents. How long can we let this go? How long can we let it go? Like these people, you know what, let let me be clear. I shouldn't say these or they. Let's go with this. The top CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies, the, the board of directors at all central banks, the board of directors at all central banks, the top officials, presidents, prime ministers, queens, the, all of these individuals must be held responsible. Because here's what happens if they don't get held responsible. If there's not some sort of mea culpa, if there's not some sort of reckoning, then if there's not some sort of creative reckoning, then there's going to be a real reckoning. And that's when you see show trials. And that's when people's families, people's children that have no reason to be involved start getting involved. That's when you see what the human animal is truly capable of. In this country, in the United States, it seems to me that we have already begun distributing the cake. Let them eat cake, right? Our government is sending, you know, thousands of dollars to people. And guess what? There's still people in the streets. There's still people in the streets. If you knew this, would you not be looking for ways? If you were the person in charge, if you were someone whose family has been a billionaire for a hundred years, if you were Klaus Schwab, if you were anybody at the Davos meeting, if you were anybody that was owned their own island, you would be on board with the the COVID shot to sterilize the world. That's your only chance. And they've been, you know, and so, so I guess maybe here's where I get torn to, like, have you guys been to India? Like, how many people are just huddled around a bus station taking a shit right in the middle of the street? How many kids 
are born to a mother that wants no part of them because she got raped five times. Like, that's what's happening in a lot of the third world. These kids have no chance. None. Zero. Zilch. So what do you do? I mean, is, is the humane thing to do is treat them like an animal and give them a shot so they can't reproduce? You know, the moral dilemma is who the fuck are you to decide that? I'm doing the humane thing. I'm going to make sure that these people can't reproduce. Is that right? Or is it wrong? I guess maybe it could come down to intentions. You know, that's the difference between murder one and manslaughter, right? Like, are you intending to fucking ruin people? Or are you trying to make things better? I don't know. I, I don't have the answers. I don't have them. I, I, it blows my fucking mind to think about this shit. But that's what COVID is. And please don't get the fucking shots. Don't do it. Don't be a guinea pig. Right? If you have to tell people, oh, I don't want to take someone's place in line. I don't want to I don't want to jump the line or look, never be the first in line for anything. Right? This is a giant science project and they want you to be involved in it. And they're trying to mandate it. Your kids can't go to school. You can't go shopping. You can't go out. You can't you can't do this unless you get a shot. You can't travel. Like I think that those I think everybody pushing the vaccine should be forced to get all three vaccines or they should be forced to get one of the vaccines and we the people should monitor them fuck it I say that any government official any one of them who says get the vaccine their fucking entire family should be forced to get the fucking vaccine and then we monitor them that's what I think I got another thing I've been thinking about too if I'll probably go into this one tomorrow, but that world I just told you about, that world, we each have a foot in that world, and hopefully you're beginning to put your foot in the new world. The new America, the not America as the country, but the idea of finding a new continent is kind of what I see emerging. We're finding a new economic system. We are building something back. And I don't know, I'm not sure if this fits into build back better. However, I think that there's a new world being built and it's a digital world. It is the world of Bitcoin. It is the world of NFTs. It is the world of the individual not needing, not needing at all the middlemen. No longer needing the money changers. No longer needing the company that helps you get in touch with another company that can get you a contract. Like, that's all going away. So, what I want you guys to do is start thinking about what you can do besides what you're doing now. If you're not an artist, if you're not, if you're working for somebody else right now, start thinking about what it is that you as an individual do really good and what you enjoy doing because tomorrow or maybe Wednesday I'm going to get into this other world and I'm gonna, it's going to be my plan to try and show you how potentially we could all be like this giant worm that's just turned into a butterfly and now we're breaking out of the dead detritus of a cocoon that is this old world of supply chains and governance I think we could be breaking out of that And I want to share that with you tomorrow because I think it's exciting. 
That's what I got for today. I love you guys. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.